0: That takes you back in time into January or February to the greatest one-day spectacle in all sports. This is the every other Tuesday podcast that looks back at each and every one of the fifty-plus Super Bowls and tells the story of who won and why. For the fan who needs more than just the box score, this podcast goes drive-by drive, play-by-play through the most dramatic games in history. I'm your host, Tommy A. Phillips. And today we have Super Bowl VI between the NFC champion Dallas Cowboys and the AFC champion Miami Dolphins. It was held on January 16, 1972 at Tulane Stadium in New Orleans, the second Super Bowl of the past three to be held at that site. As always, we have a pop quiz and then homework at the end of the episode. The pop quiz question for today is, what weather-related fact makes Super Bowl VI unique in NFL history? Something about the weather made this Super Bowl different from any other Super Bowl. And the answer to that question will come at the end of the podcast. The Cowboys were the class of the NFC in 1971. They finished with an 11-3 record, tied for the best record in the league. After a slow 4-3 start, the Cowboys won their final seven games in a row to win the NFC East title. The Cowboys had a quarterback controversy between Roger Staubach and Craig Morton, but Staubach won out, as he had much better numbers than Morton, while Morton only... Um, While well, Morden completed only seven touchdown passes through eight interceptions, Staubach threw for 15 touchdowns and only four picks. So Staubach would lead the way as the Cowboys marched on to their second straight Super Bowl. Now, the NFL playoff system of the early 70s, yeah, it, it was nothing sort of a joke. Okay, because the Cowboys had the best record in the league and, well, at least a tie for it, and yet they had to go on the road in the first round, and they had to play the team. And not only did they have to go on the road, they had to play the team who tied them for first place in the NFC. The two 11-3 teams who were tops in the conference had to play each other. That was the Minnesota Vikings, the team they had to Now, why was that the case? Well, you see, in the early 70s, the playoff matchups and sites were determined on a rotating uh, format. So one year, the NFC East would visit the NFC Central and stuff like that. It was determined before the season began, so it didn't matter what the records of the teams were so there's no such thing as home field advantage back then didn't matter what record you had it it was just determined before the season by a rotation not not randomly but a rotation so the NFC East might be on the road one week and then they're at home the next week so or next year i mean they might have been at home one year and then away the next year but the Cowboys thought right through this home field disadvantage because they defeated the Vikings 20-12 to in Minnesota and advanced to the NFC Championship game. And then they did get the play at home in the NFC Championship game and they beat the 49ers 14-3 to to move on to the Super Bowl. The Cowboys threw for over 3,000 yards as a team in 1971. But Staubach had the lion's share of that with over 1,800 yards. Um, running back Dwayne Thomas, he carried the ball 175 times and got almost 800 yards, and he scored 11 times. Walt Garrison was a dual threat for this Cowboys offense because not only did he rust the ball 127 times for over 400 yards, but he also led the team in receiving by catching 40 passes for almost 400 yards as well. Now, as for the Dolphins, they too finished in a tie for the best record in the AFC at 10-3-1, but just like the Cowboys, they had to go on the road in round one. And they had to play the team who tied them for the best record, the Chiefs. Also 10-3-1. So <laughs> obviously the NFL had to change its playoff format. But next year it would get even worse. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that in two weeks. But um, for now, the Dolphins were just fine going on the road. They went into Kansas City and defeated the Kansas City Chiefs. 27 to 24 in double overtime in the longest game in NFL history. They then shut out the wild card team, the Baltimore Colts, at the Orange Bowl 21-0, and that put them in their first Super Bowl. Quarterback Bob Greasy threw for 19 touchdowns as opposed to just nine interceptions going over 2,000 yards for this season. And the Dolphins had a two-headed monster in the backfield, Larry Sanka and Jim Kick. Sanka rushed for over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns, while Kick had over 700 yards and three more scores. And receiver Paul Warfield led the team in catching because he had 43 catches for just sort of 1,000 yards and 11 receiving touchdowns. So to begin the game, the Dolphins won the coin toss and chose to receive. By the way, back then, the coin toss was uh, done well before the first um, the time that the television came on air. So whenever you saw the teams go out for the coin toss, They were actually reenacting the coin toss, a weird thing they used to do um, for television back in the day. Dolphins got the ball first, but they quickly went three and out and punted it away. The Cowboys, they got one first down on a run by Thomas, but then Miami defensive tackle Manny Fernandez sacked Roger Staubach and forced them to have to kick it back. So Dolphins took the ball back at their own 42, and Sonka ran off the right side to get a first down to start out the drive. But in the next play, he fumbled, and Super Bowl 5 MVP linebacker Chuck Howley recovered for the Cowboys. Staubach scrambled on the first two plays of the new drive, and he got a first down to the Miami 41. Garrison then blasted ahead twice to get a first down past the 25-yard line. Saubach threw to receiver Bob Hayes and got 18 more yards, and then he threw to Thomas for another 16. But all that and the Cowboys couldn't get it in the end zone. They stalled right short of the goal line and had to settle for a 9-yard field goal by kicker Mike Clark. And they went up three to nothing. Now, there weren't very many memorable plays from this Super Bowl. (laughs) To be honest, it was one of the worst Super Bowls. But the most famous play of the Super Bowl came from this Super Bowl, came on the next drive. On third down, Bob Greasy faced immense pressure and he tried to scramble away. So he kept going backward and backward and backward and eventually Cowboys defensive tackle Bob Lilly sacked him for a 29-yard loss, which remains to this day the biggest loss on a single play in Super Bowl history. As the second quarter began, the Cowboys got the ball back at their own 45 after a punt. Garrison ran ahead for six yards, and then Thomas got it first down. Garrison then caught a screen pass, got four more yards, but that's as far as the Cowboys went, and they had to punt. So then Miami put together a drive of their own, and this one actually worked because kick Russ for nine yards, and then Greasy threw a pass to receiver Howard Twilley for 20 more yards. So the Dolphins got at least into field goal range thanks to the fact that the goalposts were on the goal line at the time but kicker Giro Yepremian missed his 49-yard attempt short, and it went into the books as a touchback. Next two drives ended in punts. Dallas got two first downs on their drive on Thomas and Garrison's runs before they had to punt it away. The Dolphins, on the other hand, just went three and out and didn't get a first down. Um, on that three and out, the the Dolphins head coach Don Sula tried to run a play that President Richard Nixon had suggested to him, but it ended up an incomplete pass. So the Cowboys took the ball back at their own 24 after that punt. Thomas touched the ball on Dallas's first four plays of this new drive, and he got them all the way to the 46-yard line. Staubach then found receiver Lance Allworth on third down for 27 yards and a first down. Running back Calvin Hill ran for another two first downs and got them down inside the 10. Staubach then found Allworth in the near left corner of the end zone, right in front of the pylon, for a seven-yard touchdown, and Dallas went up. 10 to nothing with less than two minutes to go in the half. Now, we were really close to having a shutout in this Super Bowl, but the Dolphins prevented that with a last-minute drive at the end of the first half. This is the only time they scored or really even came close to scoring. Greasy hit Warfield for seven yards, and then he went to kick for a first down at the 48. Then the Dallas Cowboys jumped offside. And on the next play, Greasy found Warfield for a first down inside the 25-yard line. That set up your premium from 31 yards away. He made it. And that was the end of the first half. The Cowboys were up 10-3 to going into the locker room. Dallas made a statement on the first drive of the second half. Staubach threw the hill for a third-down conversion, getting 12 yards, and he got to the 48-yard line. Thomas ran for another eight yards, and then he got a first down. And then it was time for Bullet Bob Hayes, a very, very fast receiver who uh, caught a pass earlier in the day, but this time he took an end around off the right side, and he picked up 16 yards. Garrison ran it down inside the five-yard line. And then Thomas ran off the left side, got a three-yard touchdown run, and Dallas was now up 17-3. So the rest of this third quarter, as I said, this is one of the worst Super Bowls. It was very, very boring because all they were doing was punting both teams. And um, so the Dolphins, yeah, they, they had two possessions where they did Virtually nothing. Um, Dallas had one three and out, and they also had one where they got one first down on a pass to Garrison, and that was it. So Miami got the ball back, and they reached midfield, and they had a chance to score and get it to be a 17-10 to game and cut the Dallas lead in half. But then that's when Chuck Howley, the well, you can't call him really a hero of Super Bowl five because they lost, but he was the MVP of that Super Bowl. Well, he was the hero here as he picked off a Bob Greasy pass and returned it 40 yards inside Miami territory. So now the Cowboys had a chance to put this one in the back, and they faced third down and goal from the 7-yard line. Staubach threw to tight end Mike Dicka, a familiar name, of course, and he found him in the back of the end zone for a seven yard touchdown, and that made it 24 to 3. The Dolphins needed points fast now because they were down by 21, so Greasy started passing like crazy. He threw the Sonka for a first down at the 38. Then he found tight end Marv Fleming for 27 more yards, to the 32 Greasy then hit his other tight end, Jim Mandich, and he got a first down at the 16-yard line. So the Dolphins are now inside the red zone and had a chance at at least making it somewhat of a game, but Greasy fumbled a snap exchange, and... Defensive end Larry Cole fell on it for the Cowboys. And now the Cowboys just killed the clock pretty much for the rest of the game and uh, never allowed any scoring threat from Dolphins. And the Cowboys won this game 24-3. to So now it's time to hand out some awards. The MVP of the game was Roger Staubach. But who really deserved the MVP? Because Staubach only threw for 119 yards. He did have two touchdown passes, but that really isn't a lot of yards. Um, This was one of those cases where they just gave the MVP to the winning quarterback. But in my mind, the real MVP was Chuck Howley, the guy who won MVP the year before. He deserved it even more than he did in the last game because this time he recovered a fumble and intercepted a pass and had a long return to set up a touchdown. He deserved to win his second straight MVP award. In fact, that's why I wonder if that was the reason why he didn't get it. It's because he won it the year before. Um, if we're picking up MVP for the losing team, who, who was it? well let's let's face it. there weren't really any Miami players who played well at all in this game. it was It was embarrassing. Um, they were just pretty much run right off the field. there There was no contest in this one. The dolphins were pathetic. But if I have to give one, I'm going to give it to receiver Paul Warfield. He caught four passes for thirty nine yards and helped set up the field goal the only points of the game for the Dolphins, whose three points remain the least in a Super Bowl. Of course, the Rams also had only three points in Super Bowl 53. Those are, that's the record, three points, the least points in a Super Bowl. Now, who's the best player you've never heard of? Trouble with this award? Is that the Cowboys are so well known that it's very difficult to find a Cowboy who you've never heard about. So I'm going to have to go with their punter, Ron Whitby. And this game, he set a Super Bowl record, not, not just from this game, but for the last game as well, for the most punts in the career, for a most punts in his career in Super Bowls because he had 14 punts over the course of last Super Bowl and this Super Bowl. And he he did punt very well in this game, and he was needed quite frequently because neither team was doing much on offense. Now, who was the least valuable player of this game? Sadly, I have to give it to the Hall of Fame running back, Larry Sanka. Why him? Well, he only gained 40 yards on the ground in this game. Um, Yeah, he had 4.4 yards per carry, but honestly, it wasn't a very good performance by Sanka at all. Plus, he fumbled away the ball early in the game, and that was pretty much the end of the contest for the Dolphins. Once he fumbled it away, the Cowboys went down and scored and never looked back. Uh, So Sanka, yeah, he gets my word here. But he will get revenge for this the next two seasons. Now, what was the biggest play of the game? Well, that's obviously the 29-yard sack by Bob Lilly because it was the longest sack when it comes to yardage in Super Bowl history. Actually, technically, um, it it wasn't a sack at all because the NFL didn't even recognize sacks as a statistic yet. But um, it was a 29-yard loss, the biggest loss on a play in Super Bowl history. And it kind of uh, told what kind of blowout this game was and how far the Dolphins were from actually contending. Now, what's the biggest play that no one remembers? I'm going with Chuck Howley's interception and his long return. If he doesn't pick off that pass, the Dolphins still could have gone down, scored a touchdown, cut the lead in half, made it 17-10. to But instead, his pick set up an easy Cowboys touchdown to make it 24-3, to and the Cowboys put this game on ice. And speaking of ice... That brings us to the answer to today's pop quiz question. Now, why was this game unique in Super Bowl history when it came to the weather? Well, that's because it had the coldest temperature of any Super Bowl in NFL history. The temperature at kickoff was 39 degrees Fahrenheit, just a bit above freezing, and that was even a lower temperature than Super Bowl 48, which was played in New Jersey and outside, that that game actually had a higher temperature than this one. Of course, the NFL's tried to schedule the Super Bowl in warm locations and in domes. There have been games that were in domes where the temperature outside was uh, below freezing, but obviously the temperature inside was not. So maybe the cold temperature for this game had something to do with the lack of offense in this game. Finally, I'm giving you some homework. I recommend books here that you should check out related to the game at hand. This week, I have one book that will tell you everything you need to know about this game. It's called Breakthrough Boys. The story of the 1971 Super Bowl champion Dallas Cowboys by Jamie Aaron. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that name right. Um, A R O N. And he wrote this book 10 years ago for the 40th anniversary of this team. This is the obvious choice for a book for Super Bowl VI. And there's really no other book you need about this game and the winning cowboys team because it has everything you need to know it's thorough it's well researched it's entertaining and it's a must-have if you appreciate football in the 70s great stories about how the knights how the cowboys came to existence and 1971 season everything you want to know that's the book it's called breakthrough boys and um definitely one you want to check out. And now that's the end of this week's podcast. So in two weeks, we move on to Perfection. The 14-0 Miami Dolphins coming through the Super Bowl at 16-0 after two playoff wins, trying to go 17-0 and end up as the only unbeaten and untied team in NFL history. On the other side, the Washington Redskins the over-the-hill get, put together by George Allen with a bunch of veterans hoping to break through and win it all. We will head to Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum for the second and final Super Bowl there, Super Bowl 7. Until then, this is Tommy A. Phillips. So long.